please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Bryn Begley here, Elder Law Attorney with McIntyre Elder Law, and I'm here today to talk to you about powers of attorney and whether or not the power of attorney document that you have works for you. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the power of attorney document that you already have. Maybe you don't have a power of attorney document and you're looking to get one. Well, if you're looking to get a power of attorney document, you're on the right track, but you still want to make sure that that document is tailored and is going to actually work for you. Most people think you get some type of form that you print offline, you sign a couple things in front of a notary, and you're good to go. But that is very, very wrong, and I'll tell you why. But first, let's just go ahead and define what the power of attorney is. So a power of attorney is a document where you name a person to act on your behalf as if they were you for legal, financial, or healthcare purposes. The person that gives the power is the principal. Okay, and the person who receives the power is the agent. And the legal financial power of attorney, so it's, it's known as financial power of attorney a lot of times, um, but it also deals with legal rights, property rights, all those good things. That's known as general power of attorney and um, what we call general durable power of attorney. Now, the durable part means that it's going to survive if the principal becomes incompetent incapacitated or despite the lapse of time that has gone by since the power of attorney document was created. Okay. So that power still lasts. Um, and then you have the healthcare power of attorney, which is the same thing, but for healthcare purposes. So healthcare power of attorney allows someone to act on the principal's behalf, uh, for healthcare purposes, including, you know, anything with regard to healthcare. So Obtaining healthcare, getting healthcare records, medication, procedures, pain management, all those good things. Okay. And the healthcare power of attorney is also something that should be durable. Now, durability is very important because you want a power of attorney document to survive incompetency because that's when it's important to have that individual to act on the principal's behalf because they're incompetent and they can't act themselves. A quick note about powers of attorney and their ability to last. If the principal passes away, then power of attorney document can no longer be used. A lot of people don't understand this, but power of attorney document is something that, you know, the principal is, is, is doing from their place of power, right? The principal is able to give that power during their life to another individual to act on their behalf. But if they've passed away, they can no longer give that power and that ability to handle their affairs goes to whomever they named as their personal representative, either in their will or the individual who has qualified and taken that position um, before the, the clerk of court. So that's just a little definition of what powers of attorney are. And let's talk a little bit about why it's important to have a document that's going to be tailored for you. Okay, so first things first. If you're looking at a power of attorney document, one thing you got to ask yourself is, does this look legit? And this doesn't sound like it should matter, but it does. Your power of attorney document by its nature is a document that is shown to a third party. So that means that a third party, another person, maybe it's a bank, 
Maybe it's, um, you know, a real, uh, real estate agent. Maybe it's, you know, a hospital, whatever. Another individual other than the principal or the agent is looking at that document and the person acting on the principal's behalf, the agent is trying to convince them that they have the power to act on that person's behalf, right? And so the third party is going to want to see a document that makes them feel good about you know, going along with it because they could be liable. They could get sued just like anyone else. For example, you go to a bank and you, you know, you're the agent acting on behalf of the principal and you want to do something on behalf of the principal, such as take out money. Well, the bank is going to look at the power of attorney document pretty thoroughly. And if it doesn't look on its face to be a legitimate document, then there's going to be problems there for the agent being able to act on that principal's behalf and get what they need done. So while it may, at first glance, not seem to be a big issue, whether or not it looks legitimate is definitely huge. So the other thing you should ask is, okay, well, I have this power of attorney document. Does it give my agent, or if you're the agent, does it give me the requisite authority? So what happens in a power of attorney document is the principal gives authority to the agent, and that authority can be broad, it can be limited in any way, okay? Typically, want it to be broad because you can't really anticipate what your agent is going to have to do on your behalf. So you want to give them the ability to do just about anything so that everything's taken care of in the event that something were to happen to the principal. Okay. So just because that power of attorney may be general, it does not mean it gives the agent necessary powers to meaningly act on the principal's behalf. Okay. So, and this happens a lot of powers of attorney, they fail to give the agent, the power necessary to protect uh, the principal in a variety of situations. So it must be clear that the agent has the power that they're trying to use, and that power should probably be defined, okay? So let me just explain by way of example. So you are named as agent and power of attorney, for example, and that document says that you have the authority to engage in banking transactions, So you go to the bank, and for a very good reason, you ask to close out the principal's bank account. And you have a check made out for the funds in the account, right? So you want the bank to give you a check and close it out. So the bank is obviously going to ask to see that power of attorney document. And you go ahead and you point to the provision that says, quote, you have the authority to do banking transactions. And then full stop ends there. All right? But... The bank, the banker, right, the clerk at the bank doesn't know what this means, right? They're not an attorney, and maybe even if they were an attorney, they would question what banking transaction, what, what that means, right? Because if you think of banking transactions, you typically think of deposits um, and, you know, withdrawals from a bank or some type of, you know, writing checks, things like that. Typical things that you would do at a banking account, but you don't necessarily always think of like drastic things like being able to close that an account. Is that a transaction? I'm not sure because banking transactions is not defined in the document. So the banker might think to himself, surely banking transactions does not include everything that can be done 
at a bank with regard to a bank account. So they may just go ahead and err on the side of caution and refuse to do what you ask, even though you're the power of attorney, even though you have a power of attorney document that says that you can do banking transactions. And the result is that you're stuck just because that document is not specific. So it's very important to have provisions in the document that you need, right? Like the ability to do something, what, you know, those powers that you need to, to have to act on the principal's behalf or that the principal needs to have the agent act on their behalf. But those powers also should be defined specifically what they include because they could be general and they could leave you stuck, okay? Another thing you should ask when you're looking at a power of attorney document or you're getting one is when is this power effective, okay? So when does the power of attorney power actually become effective? When does it vest within that agent? So some people have what's called a springing power of attorney. That means that the power only springs forth when some event happens. Usually that's when the principal, the person giving the power becomes incompetent, incapacitated, or otherwise unable to act for themselves. Okay, so that means that the power only vests in the agent when those things happen. So if it's not springing, then it typically becomes effective immediately. So you should ask yourself, okay, well, which one should I have? Okay, so the springing power of attorney, it makes some sense to people because a lot of people, when they make a power of attorney, they're hesitant to give power to another individual. It scares them a little bit because they're like, well, what if they just run off with my money? You know? Well, there's a couple things to that. First of all, you probably shouldn't name someone who you don't trust as your power of attorney. Second thing is, is that individual that you name has a fiduciary duty. So if they choose to act on your behalf, they're going to be liable if they violate their duty to do what's in your best interest. So they face a lot of liability there. It's not as if just because you gave them access to you know, your, your accounts, your finances, your property, what have you, that they're just going to be able to run off scot-free and take advantage of you. Okay, So with that being said, the springing power of attorney, it, it, while it may make some sense at first to people, it's inefficient. Because here's the thing, you have to prove that the principal is incompetent, incapacitated, or otherwise unable to act for that power to be effective. Okay, and this is inefficient because it takes a while to prove if an individual is incompetent or incapacitated or what have you, right? And how do you prove that? Sometimes it's an abstract thing that is not mentioned in the power of attorney document how that's supposed to be proven. Some documents say, well, we need two physicians to sign off on it. And okay, that's fair. We have a way to prove it, but how long is it going to take to have two separate physicians sign off on that, right? I mean, this, this could be a situation where something needs to happen now, and because the power of attorney is springing, it can't happen for a matter of weeks or months. So it's very important to understand that a power of attorney document should be efficient, and the individual that, you should, that are, you're going to name, right, that they should be trustworthy enough to have that power immediately. Sometimes that could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be a very close friend or family member, but it should be someone that you trust. But ultimately, even if they violate that trust, 
they can be held liable for that. Okay, so rest assured that your power of attorney should vest immediately and that the individual you pick should be trustworthy. And that way, your power of attorney document is going to be effective immediately and efficient. So those are just a few questions that you should be asking yourself. You should be mulling over when you have um, you know, a, a new power of attorney document executed or when you're going over your current power of attorney. Now, there's a bunch more when it comes to powers of attorney. I could talk about this all day. And if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer those questions. Um, you, know, you can just go ahead and give us a call. 704-259-7040. If you want to talk about powers of attorney, you want to talk about elder law in general, you want to talk about estate planning, I'm more than happy to talk. Um, we have a lot of information on our website, mcelderlaw.com. We crank out these articles, these podcasts all the time. So visit the website to get some more information. I mean, we got books out there. If you guys need more information, you can sit down with me. Um, for an hour, two hours, if you want, if you need more information, happy to talk about any of this stuff. Okay. Just remember, whenever you're getting these power of attorney documents, whenever you're getting any document, make sure it's going to work for you. You don't want that cookie cutter, you know, form that you print off the internet. There's a bunch of problems with that. Um, so just be careful guys. And, um, thanks for listening. And anytime, Again, give us a call if you have any questions, 704-259-7040. Have a happy new year. Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elderlaw. Foundational planning or more complex. Help when you're perplexed If a loved one needs long-term care We can help avoid some of the scare Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law State planning benefits and even probate We take the planning piece off your plate If you or your spouse were in the military We can help with benefits for your family Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law